supposed to think of something creative to open the show with, but uh, let's face it, I got nothing. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review for another week. It's James, Scott and Adam. Have you guys got anything? No, I don't think, I don't think the Brisbane Raw Attack has got anything either, so you're not, not alone on that one. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Adam, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, very, very, very flat, I think, is probably the best appellative for it, because yeah, that's pretty much sums up uh, Saturday night. Well, the last couple of weeks, we have had some fun stuff to celebrate with the Raw's first win of the season and the Socceroos qualifying for the World Cup. So, this week, the Matildas belted the living snot out of China. That's <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into segment one, the A-League review. And we're going to talk about the Raw's 3-1 loss down in Sydney. David Carney, Adrian and Sebastian Ryle scored for the Sky Blues. And then Jack King had got a stoppage time consolation goal. Go from the start. It was an unchanged team from last week's yeah. first victory. Scott, what do you make of that? The lineup made sense given the fact that the team won the week before, but on the game as a whole, just two words sum this up: shambolic and insipid. That's three words. Thank if, you very much. James. If you include the end, yeah. well, yeah. no, but defensively it was a shambles, which I'm sure we'll get to all the incidents in a moment. Going forward, just so slow, lack of pace, creativity, imagination. I mean, just horrible all around. Adam? Look, I think we were hoping that you know, they put in some sort of performance as they did the previous Friday, Friday night, but it just yeah, it just was lacking. I, I don't know if, if they were sort of look. They, they thought that oh, Sydney were going to be you know tired from their from the exports the past week that they'd come to them, but you know, yeah, look, it was really a you know I, I would almost say it was the worst performance of the season, and that includes mm-hmm. the FA Cup when we got belted five one. There was actually his signs of life. This one, it was like they were going to Sydney expecting to get beat. For me, it almost seems like they're going to Sydney, expecting them to expecting Sydney to not be at their yeah. best. But I, I know we were all quite optimistic in our predictions last yeah. week. But when you look yeah. at it, you know Sydney they said yeah. all the right things after their FFA Cup win. You had Graham Arnold yeah. saying they can celebrate for about ten minutes, but no beer, yeah. no champagne, none of that. They've yeah. got to get back on the recovery and be ready for Brisbane on Saturday night, and they were. And they've got the fittest midfielder in the competition with Brilliante and O'Neill. They just ran rings around the raw on Saturday night, those two guys. Josh Brilliante was, was excellent. Yeah. He, he really was that, that fulcrum that really gave the raw no chance in attack. And look, that, and like I said, it's a scary prospect. I don't know, maybe it's more of a statement for Sydney and their tall chances or exposing sort of, I guess, the sort of ineptitude of, of the Raw at the I moment. It's, it's because, because like I said, they, they did that without their th- probably their three biggest weapons as well in that. So, you know, I'd hate to think what happened in the return league when, you know, Ninkovic, Bobo and Zula are all, are all fit and playing. You know, what, you know, can we hope for better? Well, I think you can because all things being considered, the Raw didn't play well at all. Mm. I think you'd struggle to find anyone in that yeah. team aside from maybe Jamie Young and Connor O'Toole that really yeah. stepped up. But... It was one It'd of those be hard sl- to play worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, I well, wouldn't want to see it. The one thing, like start to finish in the game, yeah. that really stood out for me was the times when the Raw were playing well and getting forward. Sydney were just toying with them yeah. and cutting out anything and everything yeah. with relative ease. And Sydney, to me, looked like they never really got out of second gear. 
I think that's that's a scary thing about and whether you do say oh, were the Raw that bad or were Sydney that clinical because they were they they, yeah, they, were, they never looked like losing that game. Now even even at even at nil all before Carney you know yeah. you know sliced through, they never really looked like they were in trouble. It was one of those ones where Sydney probably knew they were the better side on the night and said, all right, well, we just have to check these three boxes and we're going to get away with a win. It might not be pretty, but it's going to be enough. They've had tremendous confidence as well at home. They've come off the cup, was it 21 straight wins or unbeaten at home? Something ridiculous like that. Tremendous confidence at home as well. so. So I think like a lot of those sorts of things, it was probably somewhere in the middle where the Raw didn't play up to their potential, but... Sydney were also at their clinical best as well. I think it's both, well. really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll go through the goals. The first one, I, uh, I don't know who was meant to be marking David uh, Carney as he ran right through, but they just completely ignored him. That was unbelievable. Midfield not tracking the run, defenders not picking him up. I mean, that's schoolboy stuff. It's one of those things where you wonder, was there any sort of communication there saying, oh, by the way... Watch for the midfielder running Look, through. We know we know that David Carney is not you know is not at you know his peak of his powers anymore. It's sort of he's been waning, but still he's obviously you, know, you can't just ignore him. You now that, that's that's almost like what's happened. It's almost like you almost have a sense of oh no, don't don't worry about him. We'll, we'll focus <coughs> on shutting down Mizierski and yeah. and oh I forgot about all oh, the the um forgot about David Carney. It was a good bit of play by Matt Simon just to leave mm. the ball run as well. Mm. Shows that Matt yeah. Simon does have half a brain sometimes. Occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, there was talk of a possible handball in the build-up. I didn't see anything about was that. It in the first goal or the second goal? Well, the, I thought it was in the first goal. It was a handball from uh, second goal. Was a handball yeah, from I think it was, the, it was the pass before that. Before where I think Alex Brosk he, he came to turn and it, you know, it, and it did. It did. Like I said, you look at the replay. Um, and we'll get into the whole VAR. I think we saw later, enough VAR on the weekend. Didn't we? We yeah. Another but, one? No, not yet. <laughs> Yeah, and, and look, you can sort of make a case of why were they not checking him up, but now at the end of the day, you know, for feeble defence like that, you'd be, like I said, if you're a Sydney supporter, yeah. you'd be pretty disgusted if you got if you lost, um, the goal got turned over because of that. All right, so the second goal, it was a penalty where Jacob Pepper apparently got penalised for a handball. Now, yeah. admittedly, I was watching this on 1HD at the time, so it was a SD Oh, it was on, was it? Yeah, no oh, ad okay, breaks. Cool. But... Yeah, so I was watching it on one HD up at my sister's place, and did the ball actually strike Pepper in the arm? Because yeah, yes, I it did? did. Okay, well there goes my first yeah. complaint about that. Because, <laughs> like from an angle, it almost looked like it got him right on the club logo on his chest. No, it got him on the arm, and his that, arms that, were up. That so. was the defence argument, but yeah. no, nah, I think pretty it was pretty clear that was a penalty. I think again, in the whole question of intent and all that comes up. But look at the end of the day, if if it were down the other end, we'd expect. Yeah. Um, we'd expect that to be given. So and okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. in that case, any I complaints I, I had coming. about that—that's gone then. Um, then came the uh, really not fun moment of the game, where Avram Papadopoulos and Matt Simon were both sent off. Papadopoulos for apparently spitting at Matt Simon, and Matt Simon for whacking him in the throat <laughs> as a retaliation. Adam, we'll start off with your thoughts on it. Look, um, the incident itself. Look, yeah, I don't think we need to give it much more, you know, air than what's gotten. Papadopoulos did yeah, send that's just, yeah. it's a realistically yeah. Brisbane Royal player night. It's a disgusting act, and he get, he'll yeah. get what he deserves. And look, on the other hand, on the other hand, Matt Simon, 
Yes, he does serve. So you can't strike our player. I know as much as it is a disgusting hack, as a retaliation, you still can't strike a player. Yep. Now, I hope that, and like I said, I think the MRP is taking that into account and not add we'll that bomb conduct yeah. charge because it's a retaliatory act. But it's still the red card was still justified. But as for Papadopoulos, well, no, mm, yes. no I, question. I think we were all expecting, you know, a definite red for Papadopoulos yeah. once we saw the replays mm. of it. But Matt Simon. Yeah, I think would have accepted. Like, if it was a yellow, I wouldn't have complained. But he did strike him, and yeah. there was one 24 hours earlier with Mark, or two two days earlier with Mark Milligan. So you can't complain about that. And as for Papadopoulos, I mean, it's just he got what he deserved. It's unacceptable. Yeah. And this is what I was talking about last week with um, suspensions and discipline on the field. He's now left the team completely short at the back. I just, and which we'll get to in segment. And four, to be honest, I just cannot see. I just cannot see. Any defence for it? And no, I there's think no defence. The raw, the raw have done. I think the club has done the right thing. They really got on the front foot um, with a statement, whether it was him or not, it's another issue. But you know, it was, it was a, you know apologising and whatnot. But you know, at the end of the day, you just cannot defend that. You know, brain snap, whatever. He's got to take, well, take his mess on that. Shockingly, on Twitter, there are a few idiots trying to justify. No, never. No, well, look, I can't, never. I can't even take them seriously. Yeah, we know who it would have been. So yeah, it was like I actually think the. Some of the idiots trying to defend him are actually worse than. Actually, you know, I won't go that far, but yeah. that's yeah. pretty stupid in their own right. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, no arguments. The suspension is coming, but apparently it's going to be something in the vicinity of six games. I think the minimum is six games, and then they might consider more depending on circumstances. The, the, pre- the precedent. The, the precedent was eight with two suspended. That was Nay Fabiano. I thought it was six yeah. with two suspended, no, totaling eight. eight. Might have been. Or was yeah. it eight reduced to I six? I think he missed pit. six games. Yeah. 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 Which, funnily enough, if he gets a six game suspension, would put his return, I think, about January 8th again yep. to Sydney FC. What a. Jeez, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think we all agree. You know, Matt Simon, he that irritates could be Rumble a... in the tunnel too, couldn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, see, look, we know Matt Simon irritates quite a lot yeah. of people, but couldn't he have just done the old fashioned squirrel grip or something? Oh, you know, punch him in the mouth and we've got less games. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, oh, the old centre-back just slide in the back, <laughs> take his legs out. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, anyway, so that's still coming. Um, yeah, you're right. I do think the Raw have handled this about as well as they could have where they've gone, look, yeah. we don't condone what he did, but yeah. we're not going they to did, hang him out to dry yeah. either. Which They is, did deal with it quite yeah. well. I mean, I think John Aloisi was apologising to Graham Arnold at full time and obviously the statement came out and that to protect the player to some degree, but the only, the only thing with that that's, that seems to also have come out about, and I guess it's so questionable, is should have Abraham Papadopoulos apologised to Matt Simon? We don't know if he did or didn't. We just haven't that's heard exactly, anything. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, he very well might have after the yeah, game, but we, we don't know for sure. Uh, doesn't he have to just do like a Facebook post saying thoughts and prayers? <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> <laughs> and change his uh, profile picture and everything. Okay. Anyway, back to the game. Third goal. I Shambles. Don't, yeah. Seb Ryle just ran right in front and knocked it in. That that summed up. I know a lot of people said, but that really did sum up the Raw's performance in a nutshell. I mean, that was ridiculous defending. Yeah. With, with with that, I guess look for me the game pretty much after the, and again we'll talk about later because I think VAR and the ridiculousness of that had a lot to do with it because the game after that really sort of splattered down. It was garbage time. Yeah. And look, you go to be to be fair. Defensively, it was you know, like I said, you could drive the Queen Mary through there. You still got a mark up at set piece. You do, but like on. I said, you got to remember who was left. Like he basically had 
Jacob Pepper as your lone centre back. They didn't replace him with, they didn't replace Papadopoulos. They just went three at the back, and it just got completely yeah. messed up. I'm not, would, I'm not condoning it. Yeah. I'm just saying that's. You know what it happened. did actually remind me of a little bit. The game in Sydney last year, which the Raw lost two nil, and I believe it was Alex Bross that got sent off for being Alex Bross, probably. <laughs> but it was that sort of game where the Raw. It just honestly felt like they were running into yeah. a brick wall, and even when they did have the man advantage, they didn't it, have they had a man of, oh last year last yeah. year. Yeah. But that's why, like when Sydney went down to ten men, then it just wasn't there for no. them. No, I'll, it's a bit. I think that was a better performance than this one, though. In general, yeah, no, maybe slightly, but this is one of the more yeah. ordinary performances yeah. you know, in the last couple of years, especially in the Alawitsi era. Anyway. Yeah. Just one quick point back to what Adam's saying about the defence. I know yeah, Pepper was on his own at the back, but this was this wasn't from open play where they scored. This is from a set piece yeah. where, she, where everyone's supposed to have a certain job at defensively at a set piece, and it just completely fell apart. And even if it is zone marking, yeah, like there is still an element of man coverage in that yeah. zone where you say, "Oh, hang on, he's in my little area. I should probably keep an eye on yeah. him." Yeah, and you should know who's behind you, and if they do start to make a run, you've got to be on your yeah, toes, yeah. ready to go. Look, Jacking, at the end of the day, yeah. it was it was ridiculously easy, and it's probably you know for a a league side, it's just yeah, it's not acceptable. Uh, yeah, jacking it got on yep. the score sheet for what it's yeah. worth. Two goals, nice two goals in a hundred and how many games? Thirty odd, we'll yeah. say, hundred thirty-ish. Yeah, so well, good well finish, done, well done here. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. a nice, finish, nice bit of play, but. Too little, too late, unfortunately. I'm sure he would have much preferred that if that was an equaliser or yeah. winner. I tried to tee it up with Sky Blue Views that that would be like last goal wins, but they weren't having it, I unfortunately. I know. They weren't having <laughs> it, unfortunately. All right, so you were talking during the game, Scott, about Aloisi's substitution habits and how they're approaching Tyson yeah. territory. It's too slow. It's like too late. I mean, it's like 3-0 and you're bringing on players like with 10 minutes to go. I mean, what's the point? Well, what are these players going to do in 10 minutes at that point anyway? Just to play devil's advocate here... Is it a case of Aloisi might not feel overly confident with the youth players that are on the bench? Well, they were doing a job for him last year. I mean, Dagestan came off the bench last year and did a job for him. Who else comes off the bench? Um, Franich could do a job for him off the bench. I mean, Oxbury's brought on at times. He's done okay. I mean, there's players there you could change it. I mean, it's not like the first 11 out there were performing so well that there's no reason to change it. I thought uh, you could have made changes at halftime, frankly. Yeah. Even earlier, if you were going to be honest, but... It's a questionable, you know, because I would thought immediately that Ivan Franich would have been the yeah. one to come on about, you know, yeah. if not half-time, because it was just you know, so ordinary yeah. that first half. But at least, you know, at that 60-minute point, but bring him on 80 minutes, is he, is he... Maybe he's not fully fit yeah. yet. I, I'm not, I don't know. Well, but when was his seen... last game? Because that would have been a while it ago. Would have, I think in the mm. covers that they had two games in South Korea over the course of the entire season. So, yeah. Not so there exactly is a chance great. that some of yeah. these guys might not be totally yeah. matched. Still, yet. I mean, Dane Ingham is relatively fit. He's played on the wing. You could have brought him on in a more advanced position. You have D'Agostino there, who's played plenty off the bench in the team. And again, I'll say again, the attack was offering little to nothing. It's it needed honest. a shake-up, and I think yeah. there, there were players there you could have brought on. He left it way, way too late. I just think that, you know, I think they, they figured that, you know, a couple of losses after after all the debacle with um, Papadopoulos, it just, it just felt like after that time, it was just garbage time. Just get through the game get, with get everyone through, else yeah. intact. Yep. All right, so we're going to finish off with these comments from Mark Bosnich made in the post-game. We'll get your thoughts on that after we're done. Well, I, I don't understand. I mean, you, you've got a, a manager who believes in you all, who's re-signed some of you, who's, who's signed some of you, and given you an opportunity. And so far as I'm concerned, the effort that you're putting back and the faith that he's shown you 
is absolutely that. And you've got great fans. I've been up there quite a few times to see those fans who really care about the club. And at the moment, you, you, you're actually, like I said, you're not only doing disservice to yourself, but to all those people, your coach, the coaching staff, and the fans who are doing everything possible to give you a platform to perform. So, Bosnich, a fairly popular figure amongst the fans. What do you make of those comments, Scott? I agree with him. I mean, I think he absolutely nailed it on Saturday night. He said a lot, a lot of what... He said what a lot of people were thinking about the Raw's performance. I just think they weren't, they didn't play well at all, and he summed it up quite nicely. I don't, I don't always agree with what Bozza says, but I think that one he's hit the nail on the head. I think that sums up the feeling of the fans right now is that, you know, look, you're not going to accuse the, the guys of not going out there and trying, but you would hope that they're doing better than they are at the moment because, you know... And we should of, probably thank Fox Sports for the audio too. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, get the credit in. But yeah, look, at the end of the day, you know, one at the it's one win in eight games. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, unfortunately, that pattern yeah. I was hoping for of three losses, three draws, the rest of the season. If you had wins. said nothing, it would have been fine, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I do think Bosnich, like, he's onto something there where, look, obviously the guys are out there trying every week and whatnot, but... The performances aren't matching yeah. what the fan expectations are. Although, admittedly, there are some you're seeing online, you know, taking great joy in the fact that, oh, I was right. I said they were going to suck, which to me is really just yeah, dumb. Yeah, I think that's part and parcel, you know. Well, we are at the one-third mark of the season, and I think it's time to stop saying, oh, we're building It's some um, early in the season, because it's not. We're one-third of the way through the season after this weekend. And the results do have yeah. to start coming. Absolutely. This is the time where you should be picking up far more points than we have at the moment. Well, considering what we knew from last year, where yeah. the Raw do have that busy patch yeah. from January through to, well, hopefully the end of the, year, the, end yeah. of the season. Mm. But at the bare minimum, you've got January and February, a couple yeah. of Champions League qualifiers coming up. Like, that's where they were supposed to have the margin for error built up, yeah. whereas right now it feels like they're already dealing with razor-thin margins there. Absolutely, they are dealing with a thin margin for error, and the Champions League, if they do qualify again, will will strike hard with depth as well. But they've played, what, two good halves out of eight games so far? Uh, the second half in Wellington and the first half against Melbourne City. And the first half against Adelaide and... Uh, maybe against Adelaide, but... They've, they've had good games. It's not... Well, they've they had, had good a, patches. Yeah. Sorry, let me, let me clarify. Yeah. They've had good patches in games, but... We are still waiting for that 90-minute performance. Yeah, I was going to exactly yeah. say they agree that, that, you know what, there has been at times, we just go, can't say it's been a complete disaster the first yeah. third of the season, but, yeah, that 90-minute performance, we're still yet to see it. Yeah. Yep. And it needs to come soon. But, look, on paper, I will say this is still a very, very good side that, you know, it needs to click soon, but if it does, they will still be a formidable opponent for anybody. Unfortunately, it's not clicking at the moment and something needs to happen to kick them into gear. They're going to have to do it soon, otherwise they'll be at best scraping into the top six. Yep. So, yeah. Just top to bottom. Got to get better. And on that very cheery note, we're going to take a break and come back with some of the other scores from around the league. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here as part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And we're going to look at some of the other scores that have been going around Australian football this weekend. We're going to start with the other four A-League matches and go to Newcastle 4-1 over Melbourne victory. <laughs> Tell you what, victory are lucky that the Raw have got their own problems. Or maybe that's vice versa because victory are also in a... They're in a big, big problem hole at the moment, Melbourne victory. They're not 
they started off okay, but when Milligan got sent off, they were just done. And as for Newcastle, I mean, it, I tweeted this on, on Thursday. I mean, watching Petrados develop into this sort of player and Champness evolve into what he is, it's been fantastic. I think that It'd might be been great to see it in tweet. the raw colours, but just seeing it is amazing. So. I know, would at the moment, based on performance, that would uh, Demi Petrados be in the Johnny Warren medal hunt? No, he's... Johnny Warren medal, yes, yeah. but well, obviously he's still got another, that, yeah. what, 19 rounds to go? Yeah, can we just yeah. cool the Jets on the Socceroos for just a little bit? Is that meant to be a pun? If it was, it Thinking. worked out well. Yeah, although that being said, if he does keep this form up for the yeah. next... If he keeps it up till March yeah. in the next friendly, why not give him a chance? Exactly, and if he can proves he can do it against, yeah. I don't know, whoever they're going to play then. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Although that being said, it is a very long way away, mm. but yeah, the Jets just look absolutely phenomenal. Mark Milligan, look, now that he's back at Melbourne Victory, I think we can go yeah. back to thinking he's an idiot. And well, <laughs> in this case, he actually was by yeah. doing a little bit of the yeah. Zinedine Zidane, I'm going to lead with my forehead. Yes. He's lucky he only gets one week for that too. Mm. But on, yeah. the, on this game, you talked about the Socceroos for Petrados. Well, he's playing better than James Troisi, who's in that Socceroos squad. Mm. And so. what stood out this game for me was just a number of spectacular goals, Daniel Jordeski yeah. especially. Oh, the um, Costa Barbarossa's goal to start yeah. with was, uh, was, was pretty special. But look, for Melbourne Victory, you know, I'm, maybe like we're, cause we're further away from it, but I really can't see, for, for all we can see, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. Melbourne Victory, their depth, and we, and we talked mm. about it in the, in the preview, their depth at the moment, you lose a couple of players, you know, Fortnite, yeah. and it is, yeah. it is threadbare. And I don't know, I don't know whether mm. they can really pull, pull out of this. They at got, least it's certainly, you know, a contention. For they the appear to have a genuine lack of depth and their star players are just not delivering yeah. at the moment. They, they, they they they've got it, one goal, two goals in mm. eight games. I mean, that's unheard of by his standards. Well, he was suspended for a couple. That's true, but normally by this stage, he's got five or six for the year. Look, Very I think the only answer him. for Melbourne Victory is their stars actually have to show up and perform. Mm. And at the moment, it's just not happening for them. So what you're saying is BB-8 needs to get better. Yeah. Okay. He needs to get back to himself. <laughs> that just went totally over Scott's head. It did. Sure is, that, is that a Star Wars oh. reference? Yes. Okay, that's why. Oh, that's go. one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, then we had the biggest shambles derby Friday night between Melbourne City and Perth. <laughs> and Perth came away 3-1 winners. Does that mean they win the biggest sh- they are the biggest shambles or Melbourne City are? What do you... I think it's got to be Melbourne yeah, City they when are you get beaten 3-1 at home that way. And yes, there was a bit more VAR controversy, but... Are we going to talk about it now or later? Later. No. Okay. But top to bottom, <laughs> Perth were just the more yeah. opportunistic side on the night. Look, I think you also got to um, sort of pay respect to um, Jacob Italiano, the 16-year-old, yeah. like second game in... You think he, you know, you think he was, you know, a 23 game veteran. The way he played, the confidence he's playing with, and that's and that's the one thing you can say about Perth is positive. That it looks like finally Kenny Lowe, for, whether his hands force or not, is actually giving the young guys a go. And it is starting, like the results aren't there yet, but you, know, you can start seeing, you know, some decent things. And for them to win away from home, that's mm. might be a bit of lesson in that about playing young players, James. But I, I think, was waiting for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think Perth, are, Perth did quite well on. Friday night. I mean, and they held their composure given all the, the all the dramas like that were yeah. circling around Perth. I mean, the people questioning whether Kenny Lowe should be the coach, the injuries, did he recruit the right players? I mean, they did really well on Friday night. And they held themselves together quite yeah. well, considering that it was a game that could yeah. have really gotten out of hand. Yeah. And Perth could have easily had a player or two sent off as well if they reacted well, differently they, to... They could have had a coach sent off because Kenny Lowe got the first yellow card, don't forget, for the coaches. So, well right. done. Well done, Kenny. <laughs> and was it Malik who was suspended for the tackle? Yeah. Uh, sent off, I mean. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and the penalty, which... 
Look, I'm I'm not going to get into too much detail, yeah. but save it. Yeah, <laughs> studs into the thigh. What do you expect? Yeah, and then um, the other contender for biggest shambles is Wellington. Oh, seriously, four-one loss at home to Central Coast yeah. Mariners, who look are coming into yeah. form, but they're not exactly. You know, the 2010-11 Brisbane Raw side. I'm trying to work out what was worse for Wellington on Saturday. Was it the crowd or the performance? Because both were pretty dismal. What about the weather? That That's always that's bad over there. That's, that's standard for Wellington. But for Central Coast, this was a great result for them. I mean, they've struggled on the road. And to get three points away from home was terrific. And they played really well. The young players have got in that front, they're starting to click. They've got good signs ahead for them. Yep. And then Adelaide, Western Sydney Wanderers. We're going to talk about the events outside of VAR. So we're good to move on then, yeah? Uh, what's the score? Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Kiddo played nil. quite well. Ryan <laughs> <Yeah>. Kiddo? <laughs> yeah, he played quite well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Excellent. Couple of goals. All right, and then the other highlight from Sunday was the Matildas. They capped the two-game series against China with a rather convincing 5-1 win. I tell you what, they are they are a joy to watch, the mm. Matildas. Like, I, I think, you know, it's with all the sort of the trials and tribulations of the, with the Socceroos, Matildas, seven games, you know, seven-game win streak to close out the calendar year. Look, there, it's just, it was just great, you know. And like, even when they went behind in the, in, in the game of Geelong on Sunday, you always thought, yeah, no, they're going to come back. And they delivered. And I think, I mean, it's it's. Mm. Probably the one shine light of Australian football yep, at the moment. Absolutely. And yeah, that was backing up yeah. a three 0 win Wednesday. The thing night. is everyone talks about Sam Kerr and yes, she's had an unbelievable year and But the raw players are all better than her. No, it was really good in the um games on game on Sunday, but the play a lot of the other attacking talent that the Matildas have, which don't doesn't get the credit, are playing really well at the moment. Players like Kai Simon, Chloe Lagarzo, a whole bunch of them. And then off the bench you're bringing players like Michelle Heyman and it's the depth in the attacking third for the Matildas is scary good. Well, just all over the park. I think they yeah. were talking about uh, Brenton Speed and commentary was saying every player in this squad can fill in two or three yeah. different positions well, at a bare minimum. Caitlin Ford's a classic example of that. I think she started on the wing on Wednesday and finished up at left fullback. So yeah, yeah. and looked at home in both positions. So exactly, and like take gender, age, any of that out of it. That's a sign of a good footballer Absolutely. when they're able to you know come in and do a job and. Hayley Look, Russell is another one who played on the wing at fullback in this squad as well. So, And what you've also got is, yeah, there are the superstars, obviously, but as you mentioned, just that supporting cast is there and pretty damn good in their own right. Like, you know, maybe you could say yeah. if you take Sam Kerr out, this would still be a very formidable side. Yeah, it's, it would. I would say, look, I think there's no escaping. Sam Kerr is a superstar. And look, I don't care what FIFA say. By her performance, she is the best player on the planet at the moment. I don't think anyone disagrees with it either, by the way. But. No, and that, as I said, in, like, maybe we shouldn't get too carried away. Like China yeah. are... Oh, screw it. Let's red. have some fun. But you know, but you know yeah. what? <laughs> but you know what? Matilda's are yeah. in the top five in the world. That's apparently yeah. going to be rubber stamped shortly. And look, that's the thing is that they they are just playing great yeah. football and the, the crowds are a little bit down. Yeah, that's but, the one yeah, point. Yeah, let's no, but, but no, don't take away from the focus on, on the pitch. Yeah. You just yeah. wish the Asian Cup was like next week the way they're playing because I think they'd absolutely smash their way through. I think they got the uh, next tournament looks like being the Algarve Cup in Portugal early next year, which is the last games before the yeah. Asian Cup, which you'd say they're a really good odds chance on, of winning. Yeah, odds are good. Do you think go. it's between them and Japan? Yep. All right, and then there were three W League games that were played this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're just going to run through the scores quickly because the Raw weren't involved. Adelaide lost to Newcastle 2-1. Canberra yeah. 3-2 over Perth. 
and Melbourne victory 1-1 against Western Sydney Wanderers. And I kind of agree with what Sam Kerr said. It was disappointing that these games were being played because it, it did cost Perth not having their best players available and it does weaken the competition a bit. I think international breaks are there. They have to look at here because... Because unlike the... The games that were completely well, in the background. Well, they even want TV. A-League, I can, I can understand the argument yeah. about that. Because how many players do you actually yeah, lose? But look, yeah. but in diff- the W-League, you've got pretty much yeah, the whole the squad, whole squad yeah. that are playing in the W-League at the moment. Yeah. That, that, that should be enough grounds to put the whole weekend off. Yeah. Mm. And also, also, there's four teams on top of the table now, nine points. So it's a really close competition this year. After Canberra beat Perth, they oh. joined a few teams at the top. Well, this Sunday, 3.30pm, that's Brisbane time, I yes. believe so. At McKellar Park, Canberra United against Brisbane Roar on Fox Sports, so we're yep. looking forward to that. And then the other round six fixtures, you've got Wanderers against Perth on Friday, Saturday is Sydney FC Melbourne victory, and Sunday Melbourne City against Adelaide. On to the Youth League. Now, I, as mentioned in segment one, I was up visiting family this weekend, so Scott and Adam had the joy of covering the Roar's 4-1 yep. win against Melbourne victory, their first home yep. win of the season, and what a assuming is going to be the start of a perfect home run. I'll wait and see on that. We'll <laughs> see if they can get past Perth Glory at home because they're the ones who normally t- turn up and get a result. But this was a really good good first-up home performance for the young Roar and Corey Gamero with a brace. Um, Mirza Maratovic scored and also Daniel Leck in a 4-1 win. Well, a few Ad- good goals in there as well. Good the, one of the names you mentioned there, Adam, uh, the players from the first team that were involved, Corey Gramero and Daniel Bowles, both played decent minutes. And by all reports, they were both excellent. They were. Look, uh, Corey, Corey Gamero, like he, look, he, he looked like a player that you know has A-League experience, yeah. A-League experience and put away the goals that he should have got. Yeah. Daniel Bowles was very, very good at the back. You know, that, like, it was only when he came off that, that victory actually started to make inroads. Look, to be, to be honest, um, the Melbourne victory side was a very young side. Yeah. No, no, I, I, think, I think Josh Hope, I think, is the only one that had A-League experience. Yeah, Josh Hope was the only one, only one with A-League experience, but there were a few returning players mm. from the year before. But, I oh, look, I think the sign's very, very good. And, you know, Daniel Leck down that yeah. down that right wing was sensational. Like, best, by far his best performance, you know. He looked at all. home at right, at right wing as opposed mm. to right back where he's played in the past. And I'd also say Macklin Frake had a really good save from the penalty. You save read from my Josh mind. Hope. I was just about to yeah. ask you on that. Yeah. It was a good save low to his right. And there is a video up on our social media account. Yes. It is. Which is uh, Brisbane Football Review Facebook and at Raw Review on Twitter. Yep. What's the earliest plug ever? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you want to do it? No. (laughs) I tried and I failed. (laughs) That's it, segment four. And then, uh, yeah, so the game was at Lanham Park, home of Grange Thistle, and decent setup. It was. It was a. The playing surface is much improved from the last time we were all there for the FFA Cup against Peninsula Power. It was a touch drier, I assume. Yeah, it was much. Very warm, actually, (laughs) there on Sunday morning. But no, it was a good setup. and a decent crowd for a youth game. Because mm, it good. is free entry for the youth yeah, game. Yeah, it is free entry. As expected, I suppose. And, yeah, that's good. Other uh, youth league results, Conference A, Adelaide 1-1 against Melbourne City. Conference B, Sydney FC and Newcastle 1-1. And then Central Coast Mariners went down to the Wanderers 2-0. Uh, week 3 fixtures, you've got Conference A, Melbourne City against Melbourne Victory with Adelaide on a bye, so a derby there. Yep. And then another derby in Conference B, Wanderers against Sydney FC. Awesome. And then also Newcastle against Canberra. Central Coast are on the bye. The Raw. Uh, Sunday, 12.30pm Queensland time. 10.30 in the West. So at Dorian Sunday Gardens. morning game. Yep. yep. And yeah, that'll be fun to watch, I'm sure, yeah, if you yeah. were able to watch it. Yeah, I'll, 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 good luck with that. Yeah, we'll try and yeah, we'll try and cover as best we yeah. can. Uh, so sometimes these Perth games, uh, details are very, very sketchy. So 
Both glory yeah. get your act together. And there is a very yeah. good chance that Scott and or myself will be miserable after the Premier League results Saturday night. Oh, I think it's more likely to be me miserable than you, but anyway. I'm eternally miserable in the Premier League at the moment, so it doesn't... So. I will say, I'm trying to get a couple of people I know over in Perth to go down and watch this game, because Perth are and routinely the worst at covering the youth league, so mm. updates could be very, very hard to come by. Can, this one. Uh, Far Post Perth, if you're listening, can you, can just you send guys us get, a couple of updates? Can you guys get down there and cover this game, please? It'd be really helpful. Uh, we promise we'll cover it the return late for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, so that's going to be it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And we have a very busy news segment coming up. So, can't afford to waste any time. Let's get into the announcement of the Star Wars round, which I'm really excited about. Nerd! (laughs) (laughs) Look, big thing for me is, obviously, I'm quite a big Star Wars fan of movies in general. You're going to get that audio for next week too, by the way. Oh dear, it's going to be a theme show. Yeah, but do we go Beach Boys for the Gold Coast fixture or Star Wars? Can't we do both? Of course. Anyway, so next weekend, December 8th to 10, has been designated Star Wars round. There's been a whole bunch yeah. of promotional tie-ins with the uh, Star Movie. Wars official... Movie coming fa- out, yeah. yeah. Last Jedi, which is going to be awesome. I've already got my opening night tickets. <laughs> and, um, yeah, reaction has been a little bit mixed. What do you guys think? I think I'm not... Not the biggest Star Wars fan, obviously, but I think this is actually a decent idea. I mean, we've talked about the game needs more marketing and promotion, and this is a marketing and promotion thing. It's it's one of those things where it can work, but it's got to be part of a like a bigger strategy. It's not going to be work if it's a one-off. There needs to be more of these theme rounds and more emphasis on marketing throughout the year other than just a one-off event, but it, it is a good start. So what you're saying is round 27 should be an Avengers round? If you say so. <laughs> oh, look, uh, the... the you got oh. Defenders around as well, don't forget. Yeah, exactly. So that that actually is my big sort of point yeah. on, oh, this is just a gimmick. What, like, Defenders round isn't? Yeah. You think every yeah. round in, like the a- in the AFL is like, it's a multicultural round, it's Changing this round, that round, round. etc. You know what I mean? Like, they have a lot of themed rounds and they get some marketing and promotion. I think something to the FFA have to look at. Look, yeah, if you get past you know, the, u- the usual types that are always going to criticise and whatnot, the, the so-called traditionalists that think that you know, money doesn't exist in football these days. And, you know, and like I said, you know, at, the end of, at the end of the day, if the A-League and the FFA are leveraging off you know, Disney paying a bit of money for advertising for their movie coming out, then you know what? For the sake of a little bit of cringeworthiness, that maybe, and this has come from someone who's your, not really. To your point, by the yeah. way, I mean, take oh, big uh, Europe, Europe would never. This. Well, I can tell you, Man United have done this. I remember a couple of years ago, it was the game that was um, against Bournemouth that was um, the bomb scare game. It was eventually postponed a couple of days. They had a big 21st century Fox thing where all the all the ball kids walking out were dressed up as characters of like Fox movies. So this has been done. It's not that. It's not that bad. It, Oh, it's a good idea. Obviously, yeah. the act, the actors are sort of not happy about the Star Wars section, or what will be the Star Wars stand Ooh. at Sea Bus on the Saturday. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> so, like, so. My big point is lighten up and have a bit of fun. Yeah, it's I, like it's not this it, grand holy trinity of whatever. No, I it's would like to see what the game. what it does for the crowds. It'd be interesting to see if it, the impact it does have. I, I would say, for, for just purely from a raw perspective, it's not going to do a damn thing because they're no. kind of handicapped by having to play on the Gold Coast because yeah. of Sir Paul McCartney. Okay, thanks, Paul McCartney. But, look, yeah, and there are all sorts of complaints about it 
the timing of it with the FFA normalization committee coming out. Well, when the hell would be a better time to have it? Four months after the movie's released? This is your job for next week. Come up with a pun related to FIFA normalization committee and Star Wars. Oh. Save it for next week. Save it. <laughs> You're going to have to remind me on okay. Tuesday. Right. Actually, probably Wednesday lunchtime. Okay. But, yeah, look, it's a bit of fun. And for all the complaints about the A-League never does anything for promotion, this should shut you up. Yeah. However, you did mention about crowd numbers. Uh, not a great week for people no. going to an actual football game. No. Total average, total crowd of 39,143. Average of 7,829. It's down 13% on last year. And last, this round was the lowest of the season, which breaks the record of last week, which was the lowest of the round. So two poor weeks in a row crowd-wise. It's a big problem. Well, just looking at the numbers, so the biggest crowd was, yeah, Sydney with 10,044 yeah. people. This is from A-League Talk. Yeah, got... those are the official numbers as well. So Those are the official numbers? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can start off with the Jets. 8,500 on Thursday night. Which... Thursday night's just, yeah. In fact, I'd actually say, to be honest... Well done to you know those Newcastle get out there on Thursday night, being V8, V8 weekend. Well, apparently yeah. that's why it was on Thursday, yeah. because it was originally set as a possible Sunday kickoff, yeah. and then, you know, smartly decided not to compete with the yeah. big, loud cars. Well, you couldn't have got there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a theory about Thursday night football. I was listening to Adam Peacock on the Fox Football podcast saying just banish it completely. Yeah. Interesting you that they what? have that view as well, given Fox would you would think <laughs> they would be the ones supportive of such a concept. Well... Well, I would actually say if you're someone like, you know, Adam Peacock with a family and you've got to fly to the venue yeah. every Thursday, it's probably not great yeah. for managing uh, schedules at home. However, my theory for Thursday night, again, take some of that Disney money and find a way to make it $10 tickets for people. The Mariners are doing something yeah. like this on Sunday yep. and just make it stupidly cheap so that people can say, all right, it's better than going to a movie or better than going out for dinner yeah. because you're not spending... A hundred bucks for two people to go and eat at the ground. That's a good like, idea. That is quite yeah, honestly, the, that. like yeah. that's my only way for Thursday yeah. night football. Mm. And just following on from that with the poor crowd numbers, that so five teams each year have fourteen home games. The other five have thirteen. So what I would like to see is the possibility of the five teams that have fourteen home games. We're seeing the Raw taking their fourteenth to the Gold Coast due to circumstances. Yep. Other teams take yeah. like will have their fourteenth game at their home ground. For this that, used for, to be the rule you had to. It was like a regional round. You used to have to take it to the regions because remember the Royal took one to Cairns a couple of years ago mm-hmm. as well. Which again was also down to Suncorp just yeah. being unavailable in the first few weeks of December. But my idea, have that fourteenth home game as a maybe not a doors open round, but a five dollar just everybody coming round. Make it their first yeah. Thursday night game of the year, and mm-hmm. just get people in. The funny thing is that I would question about how, whether Thursday night here, you know, in Brisbane, how that would work. And I'm, I'm not saying what you're saying is I think is actually quite valid. I just, I just wonder. It's, it's, it's more of a mentality thing here, here, in, here in Brisbane, yeah. unfortunately. And I don't think it's yeah. just in Brisbane. Because we've seen in Brisbane, like we had a couple of Sunday night games until the end of last year, which were really down on the crowd. So I think it's a, mm. it's an interesting idea. It's something you yeah. have, you have no, to no. try something to make. It, it's, and that's, that's the point. It's something. Yeah. And look, if, it's, if it happens that it just doesn't work, then, you know what? My you bad. I suggested yeah, you, something stupid. Yeah, you but tried it, yeah. You've got, like, for all of his stupid ideas, Clive Palmer tried to open the gates for he that rain-down fixture yeah. against yeah. the Mariners when he was running Gold Coast. And 
How many people showed up? Twenty thousand, I think. Yeah, it was. Like, yeah, in yeah. the end day, it was unofficial because I think it was game was over in nineteen minutes. I think it was the second or third biggest crowd in their history. But so yeah, you've got to do something to get people in the stadium. And look, at the moment, the ten teams that are there just aren't getting it done because, as we've spoken about in the past, it's the same it's old, same old, isn't it? Yeah. The same teams, the same players, just mixed around different teams every year. Yeah, there's nothing, not much new about the league. And the I, don't, I don't necessarily think, though, because everyone's saying this, this, the silver bullet is expansion, but that's going to be that's down the road. I think you know, at the moment they've got, they've got to be a bit more creative. They've got to do marketing. something for this year. Yeah, right more now. of a sugar fix, exactly. ain't it? Because we saw the Wanderers come in, and yeah, they had a big an impact on crowds and interest for a couple of years around the league. But you can see that does wear off um, does. after a certain point. But what? Uh, thing I saw on Twitter actually was about the numbers of Australia, Australian yeah. crowds globally. So I think from last year's uh, thing, the average crowd was 12,295, which compared to other top divisions from around the world, actually puts it at 14th ahead of mm. Portugal, Russia, Belgium, Poland, and Switzerland. So globally, yeah. those, like, those numbers aren't too bad, but just optically, when you've got... Mm. What Those teams play yeah. in smaller stadiums as well. Well, that's what I was actually going to say. Optically, you've got Sydney yeah. with 10,044 people in a 40-something thousand seat yeah. stadium, 41, 42 or whatever it is. That just doesn't look great. No. And something that came up last night, actually, we were talking about uh, the possibility of a second, smaller, raw venue. Although one of the issues with that has been mentioned that the Queensland government hmm. has to take control of any stadium with over 10,000 in capacity. However, we found a loophole. We did. Uh, talking talking uh, on Twitter last night that um, we know that the Gold Coast Suns, um, they, they actually have management rights over at down, down at Metricon Stadium. And we and like I said, unless correct if I'm wrong, but I reckon that the $13 million um, investment that the AFL put into that ground when they did the redevelopment could perhaps been the trade-off for yeah. the management rights. So, look, it's not going to happen at Suncorp Stadium because that's, you no. know... That's like the treasure trove for the Queensland government, but could you tease something up potentially with the QI, QIU for Ballymore or somewhere? That, that's, that's a good, it's interesting. Concept. I think. Look at the, at the end of the day, again, it comes back to look. There may be laws and regulations and whatnot that prevent, and that was the point I was making in the Twitter conversation yesterday with Dean Rosario. Was that it's not that it's not a bad idea. It's just up here in Queensland, yeah. we do have certain you know obstacles to get to get through but that, that the thing about the Metricon Stadium and the Gold Coast Suns managing the rights to it I think it's, it does sort of give at least there is some hope yeah and look Ballymore does seem to be the most practical thing like the Ballymore or Perry Park I'm just thinking if you want the QIU involved it'd have to be Ballymore honestly I'd take I'd take uh, the QIU with that yeah. the problem is also though when was the last time Ballymore host, regularly hosted major sporting events? Do you count the local rugby tournament? No, no, no. I'm talking about like actual proper competition. So that would have been Super Rugby. Yeah. Like I said, they, I'm, I'm... They hosted struggling. a standalone in, I believe it was 2009 or 10. Well, that's probably the most recent event they've held in terms of a big yeah. crowd. But the, also but Reds so, and Crusaders, I think it was, if I do remember correctly. Or, or it was the Reds and the Blues. Oh, I Blues, remember because it was yep. actually the same day as the John Terry Wayne Bridge reunion. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. Um, but no, I was just picturing it. <laughs> the thing that happened yeah. at Ballymore, finally. No. Um, yeah. But like the, so you've almost got such a big residential turnover there that these people wouldn't be used to having mm. a whole bunch of 
people in and around their homes. And on the a residential area has built up there as well. Mm. Yes. Last few years. So I think that might make it more difficult. That's one mark against Ballymore as yeah. well. Look, there's no perfect solution because you build a new stadium, yeah. it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money mm. and you've got to find an accessible spot because like they've been talk about out near the airport, like someone yeah. like you, Scott, that lives on the south side, how accessible is that for you? Well, it's, it's not too bad actually because you've got the gateway. Well, but... you're not helping my point. No, but I think there. Are, I think you're right. There are. It's more not so much for like, driving. It's more public transport to get to some of these places. And a lot of people. And do that's want the other knock on Ballymore is because there's one bus stop out the front of it. But yeah, the thing is that I think as far as unless you start going to the fringes of the Greater Brisbane area, I think the airport is probably the, the old airport area around there. It's probably the last big tract of land. Could you, you could do something with Cusack? Could you could you demolish it and build a smaller yeah. rectangle well, stadium there? I, you could, but then that's money and investment again. I don't yeah. think the Queensland government interested in that. That's fair. Money. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, hmm. look. Long story short, something needs to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm still pushing for the 14th, just five dollar, ten dollar entry or whatever. So you're still doing something. Of course. Yeah, expansion would be a bit of a sugar hit and one thing that one story that actually piqued our interest for that was the AAFC talking about the uh, media release saying that they've made the next steps to implement the championship yes Robbie Kramer's been meeting with someone at FFA this week about it and there's I was reading it they're talking about resources being shared which is a good start mm. the FFA are clearly showing an interest in it which is far more than we've seen in the past so it'll be interesting to see what happens as the next step here and look from I think we're all naturally a little bit sceptical about the way that this is set up with some of the questions we have about funding and like player structures, player payments and conditions and whatnot. But like with the crowd, it's something. They're pushing towards a solution, which if nothing Mm. else, it's going to kick the FFA into gear and say, well... If we can't come up with anything better, why not let them have a go? That's I think that's I think that's the point. Like I said, we we've been fairly sceptical. I know I personally been very sceptical on the funding and of, of this. But you know what? Go, going back to our last topic that we were just discussing, it, it's something. It's yeah. got people. It's got us talking. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if that's what it's going to take to revitalise the league and actually get some interest. Now, I'm, 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 very, really I'm very sceptical about because also they're, they're talking about pro-promotion, yeah. relegation. Look I, look, I don't think... I think that's 10 years down the track to, for, to be happening. Any time earlier than that could be disaster for an A-League club who gets relegated or a or a you know a second division team that goes up and then gets mm. dropped back down. So I don't think I don't think the funding is there for that yet. But look, it's something. It's, and, that's, and I think that's what it comes down to. And the other thing about the funding from E is... Like the, I suppose the financial the financial gap between what the the clubs that are participating in the championship and the A League is still just too big. Yeah. Like, and it's not yeah. like again. It's getting over, bigger as well. And it's not like it's over in Europe where the Premier League can afford to give hundreds of million dollars That's in right. parachute payments yep. to clubs for three years after they go down yeah. or whatever it is. So look, it's a start. It's certainly something that bears worth watching, as does the FFA tomorrow, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. where it could be the Lowy and Gallup farewell party. It very well could be. I mean, to quote Seb Blatter, let's go FIFA. Get them in. <laughs> I, think this is, I think it's happening. Yeah. I, I, I cannot see Did, how Victoria, who's apparently the swing vote in this, is going to change their minds. They haven't... Nothing's come out this week that they're going to. I can't see it changing overnight, which means 
either Stephen Lowy and FFA are going to have to change their stance and soften what they want mm. and cave into what the clubs are are asking for, or I think the normalisation committee is coming. And also, they're going on, to yeah. tell the FFA to do that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, quick... Yeah, well, they'll just do it. They'll get rid of the like, FFA and quick, do it themselves. Quick straw poll. You know, do, do any of us here actually think that FFA will be in charge this time next week when we're recording? No. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I don't think so either. I think, look, I think if this was going to be resolved, this would have been resolved months ago. Mm. To get down to literally the 11th hour, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what the clubs and the unions and those on the other yeah. side of the fence, they're, they're in the position of power at the moment, unless the FFA give up some massive concessions. Well, they, everyone knows what they've got to give up. Yep. It's that fifth vote for the A-League clubs, which would allow no one group to control... Hmm. Any any elections of presidents, which is what they want. And look, deadline spur action, but it yeah. does seem like yeah. the FFA, uh, not the FFA, the clubs, as you mentioned, are yeah. willing to roll a dice and say, no, we'll take our chances with the new guys. That's, yeah. and that's why, and that's the, the impression that you now we're getting is that you now I think you now we'll be we'll be welcoming FIFA and the normalisation committee. Things we yeah, never thought Friday. we'd be saying t- uh, two years ago. Yeah. Who would have thought <laughs> FIFA would be the best option? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know if they will be, but. Look, yeah, it does seem like the only way that the Lowy group at the moment are going to save themselves is essentially they say, all right, we've served our purpose for the last, what, 14-odd years. Now it's time to bring in some fresh ideas. The only, the only thing I worry about that is if, if and what I think when Stephen Lowy gets, gets, you know, gets ousted, what does that do for Westfield and their sponsorship of Australian football? Because there's a lot of money tied up in the stuff like yeah. Matildas, the W I League and all that. That that, that, a, that, that, does, yeah. that does worry me that, you know, if, if this gets personal mm. and nasty, you know, that could yeah. really, you know, all the momentum yeah. we've got with win, the women's that game at the a, moment, will that It's a concern. Yeah, it that's is a, concern, a concern, but at the time when that deal was signed, there was they were really struggling to find a sponsor mm. for the W League. I think that's really, it's now 10 years old, women's sport and women's football is growing tremendously. Yeah, I think, I'm not, I'm I think there's, a, yeah. there's and, a much bigger market mm, now for... Mm sponsorship, but it is a concern. Yeah. And I can guarantee there would be a lot of uh, companies that would love the PR hit of saying, look, we're sponsoring a women's side. That, that yeah. might be the only good thing about the, being the Matildas on the upward stage that they are at the moment is that if yeah. it does get vindictive and then Lowy pulls the Westfield sponsorship, you would think, think and hope that there would be a, a multitude of you know, big-name companies that would actually want to put their name... So. All right, so I've just got two quick stories that we want to uh, touch on very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. First of all, Michael Valcanis has been sacked as Melbourne City's assistant coach. He's or- not the only one as well. Joe Montemuro, the former W League coach who moved over last year, has also been sacked, but he's gone to Arsenal with the ladies' team, so that's good for him. Excellent. Well, the only reason I really wanted to mention this is because when um, there's, well, I would say when there's the next A League vacancy, whether it's Brisbane, Perth, victory or whatever, I can guarantee Michael Valcanis will be one of the first names yeah. mentioned. Yep, welcome to the uh, unemployed coaching merry-go-round. There's always some of the names yeah, to come up. Exactly, it's not just the same players, you get cycled around the same coaches. That's right. And then uh, another uh, recommendation is, Ange Postacoglu wrote a really good article on playersvoice.com.au, talking about a mile in my shoes. And look, it doesn't really open up a whole lot in terms of why he resigned. It was more about how he operated with the team, wasn't it? It was a really yeah. good insight into how he really drove the players forward. Because he has been quite private in a lot of that. Mm. All right, and then we've also got the match review panel having a very busy week with uh, six red cards to hit plus Morone. Um, we talked about Avram Papadopoulos' involvement in this, so I think we can all just uh, move on. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I think it's likely to be a minimum of six, and we'll find out Friday, I think it is, 
if it's any more. Yeah, I, I can't see any way it might be maybe one match deduction for that. I like doubt suspended, it. But yeah, the the the, the um the statute's pretty clear on what you know the penalties are for spitting, and I'd be I'd be surprised they go deviate from that. And I think his best bet is just to say, "Yep, I stuffed <laughs> up. I'm very, 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 very sorry." Yep, and yep. we'll see her in January. And we are very, very sorry for that segment. We'll be back with segment four after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review. Back for another week for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam, and we... First of all, we'll have to get into our plugs for the week. Scott? I don't want to have a go at this. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Thank Facebook, you. Brisbane Football Review. Twitter, at Raw Review. Podcast, Wooshka and iTunes. Email, review at gmail.com. Of course, we're part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And James really, really would like you to give a podcast review. Exactly. I never tire of hearing just yep. how amazing I am. And of course, we have fan cams as well, but the next one will be December the 17th for the next home game at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, I'm not editing fan cams after okay. driving back from the Gold Coast. So, <laughs> And Adam, I'll write it down for you one week so you can... <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so this weekend, the Raw are not playing at Spotless Stadium like originally scheduled. Huh. It's been moved to ANZ. Wow, they're going to be cabinous. Yeah. You thought some of these some of these venues look like low crowds in big stadiums. Just you wait. It's going to be like watching an NRL... Mid June game mm. there. Oh, I think it might be worse, unfortunately. <laughs> I, think, I don't think even the Wanderers fans like going to. No, they, they, they don't. don't like they they don't, but either. I feel like the Wanderers still have a decent enough supporter space yeah. that they're going to wind up with twelve or thirteen thousand. Hopefully, it will. It will. Mm. But like I said, on sub ten would look really bad. Going to look bad. Not going to look. Nothing to do about it. I think spotless is the. They should probably. It's crap, but they should probably consider the um, FFA Cup strategy of only opening one side, but. Anyway, no, no. they may they may um, also want to just go and yell at the construction workers working at Parramatta Stadium for the it's, future. Yeah, well that's true. All right, so uh, records versus Wanderers played twenty one seven drawn five lost eight in Sydney. They've played ten one two drawn three lost five. Although that's been at a mix yeah. of Spotless and Parramatta Stadium. Yep. So uh, according to this, Scott, there's an interesting start about ANZ Stadium. Here. Yeah, the thirty fourth different venue the Raw have played at. Working their way up. Anyone can, if you can name all 34, I'd be stunned. Suncourt and no, no there's some that have played once at that you'd yeah. forget over the there's years. Trust few, me. In, there's a couple in New Zealand, I know. Yeah. Can, and Cairns would have hosted one as well. Yeah. Yep. I give up. It's a knockout <laughs> trivia question that one. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about the squad for the week because there is, quite frankly, a lot of questions about this. First of all, can anyone play centre back? No, I'm not good at centre back. I was a left back. But we're good at left back. I was just kind of on the field. Uh. <laughs> Adam, you must be up for centre back. No, well, I did play. Got that? Got the I height? Did, to be I did play a bit of centre back yeah. at, at school. Very long time. That's it. He's in. He played centre back at school. That's good enough at the because moment, isn't it? Obviously, Papadopoulos will be suspended. Yep. Jade North. Uh, he, he may or may not be back. It sounds like it's close, but. Um, Devere obviously is definitely out. And yeah, and Daniel Bowles has played. 45 minutes two weeks ago, 65 this week. He's still building up. It would be a mistake to throw him in this early, I think. It might be a mistake, but I would honestly take him down for a bench presence. You might have to. Like, just in terms of numbers. Depends. If you're going to... It depends. Aaron Reardon will be in this squad for sure. It's just does he start or does he take that bench position? Because I'd rather Daniel Bowles play, to be honest. I'd rather him keep playing while the youth league's going. 
just to get that sharpness up. Here, here's, here's the issue as well. You know, you think Aaron Reardon's first start of the season, guess who has to mark? Oriel Riera. Mm. Well, does he mark him or does Jacob Pepper mark him? Or does Jacob Pepper not start at centre-back this week? Who wow. knows? Oh, look. No, look, I think Jacob Pepper starts regardless. Yeah. I think whether we like it or not, he, he he's one centre-back. Who's his partner going to be? Yeah. You know? I, if Jade North is healthy, I would actually say nah, get him out there and pair him with yeah. Aaron Reardon. It depends how healthy he is. That's the question. Mm. Mm. Well, we're, we're going to know, know tomorrow when the squad's come yeah. out. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously quite a few underperformers, especially going so forward. The other options would be Franjic or Ingham as makeshift options. and mm. You don't oh, you I'll, don't really want two makeshift centre-backs. who's like one specialist. Which is why I feel like it's going to be Reardon yeah. or yeah. North. All right, going forward, a lot of these players need to step up. Like First yeah. and foremost for me, Brett Holman. Yeah. He spoke a couple of weeks ago about how he isn't where he wants to be. He is a marquee player as well. That's also why I would yeah. say it's on him now to really... He's not the only one as well, by the way. You mentioned Holman. We can also mention the other marquee, Macaroni. I mean, Ben Kofalas gets on the ball up, doesn't create anything. I think those three, if they're not benched this weekend, I think it's getting very, very close I'd even, for those even three. I'd even say that, you know, despite his late start, even Bortiak might be close to his start yeah. thinking, you know what, well, we expect we expect more. I would definitely bring in Scapettis here as an I option. Wouldn't, I would actually consider this being one of those weeks where you maybe give Macaroni a rest. Not right. a benching, yeah. but a rest where, but at the start of the season, I was big on he should not start 27 games. He might need a little bit of time to just get himself into form or into fitness. Yeah. And We should be past that now. Yes, but I also think with the busy schedule coming up mm. over the festive period, you may mm. want to give him a night yeah. off. Yeah, I think I think a spell might be actually not may yeah. not be a bad thing. You know, I think it's um, I think one of the areas that we aren't exactly struggling for at the moment is you know attacking yeah. maybe yeah. and maybe you know just having you know a new present like even Nick Dagasino playing yeah. his natural number nine. Yeah. Just to even even for sixty minutes might be enough to just just to spark yeah. something different. We, and we mentioned the youth league played really well in attack. We talked about Corey Gamera, but we didn't mention Ramad Akbari, who had a very very good game as well as Brenton the captain. Brenton new crush. Uh, he is absolutely Brenton Street's mm. new crush. But he had a really good game yeah. at number ten as the captain on on Sunday morning as well. So he may very well, if you're looking for a spark off the bench, there's another potential option. That being said, though, I don't think you can go wholesale changes and change all four players up front. I feel like you need to nah. make make a choice and go either striker, number 10, or one of the wingers. Yeah. That's, I think Skipetis yeah. is a good chance of coming in here in place of somebody in that line behind Macaroni. I think that's probably the only change he will make in the front third. I don't, I don't expect he's going to start a D'Agostino or anything. In fact, I wouldn't even rule out Corey Gamero on the bench instead of D'Agostino this weekend mm. after his two goals. Just the way John Aloisi operates with his bench, I wouldn't rule that out either. Yeah. I think there needs to be one change to the starting lineup. The two holding midfielders, Mackay mm. and Coletti, are pretty well set. Just in terms I would like to see Coletti play further forward, actually, just with a more defensive minded midfielder. Could you see Oxborough come in and Coletti move into Holman's spot? That would work. That would be worth trialling. Yeah. It would free Coletti up to be a more creative presence. And it would also give a more defensive most, minded player in midfield. And he is certainly the most mobile of yeah. the midfielders. Ideally, you'd put Pepper into that role, but it's just completely impractical at the moment with the injuries at the back. You have to play him there, as you mentioned. Unless, of course, you do decide to go with North and Reardon. Or Franjic and North. I think the point we're making here is I don't really want to be John Aloisi this week. (laughs) Trying to work out which 11 players to play. 
Yeah. It's not quite the throw a dart at the board and see who <laughs> see who it hits to start, but it's pull names over hat then, is it? If he go, if he goes with the same eleven as last week against well, he Sydney, can't. he can't. Well, okay, if he yeah. goes with ten of the same eleven, yeah. then you do have to start asking mm. real questions. Yeah. I, I think so. I think you know, I think it's a game where you know you can make a few changes and you know you just see mm. see how you go. I think you, again, it's a case of mm. it seems to be the theme at the moment is. You've just got to do something new, something different to spark it off. It is interesting if you do it this week away to West Sydney or if you save it for the home game against Wellington the week after. Personally, I think changes are needed. It's just... Well, as we said... Does he do it this one, week or next week? I don't think they have the uh, leeway to yeah. pull themselves out. Yeah. Like, to, I suppose, technically waste any more games yeah. and save it for a you later don't, day. You don't want to get a situation where you're trying to experiment what is what could be a six-pointer next, you know, yeah. next week down the Gold Coast, so... Well, this is also a six-pointer because the Wanderers yeah, are that's true. just on the edge of the top six. They might be in it. I can't remember. But Yeah. Well, it's it's a tough one, really, because I, I think we all have different combinations we'd like to see tried, but at the end of the day... It's... The other one I mentioned to Adam oh, on yeah. Sunday at the Youth League is, where is Emilio Martinez? I'm not saying just play him in the A-League here, but just wondering where he's at. He hasn't haven't seen him at all since the preseason. So hmm. wonder what's going on there. Interesting. All right, so uh, just looking at the ladder at the moment. So a win for the Raw with the right run of results, you know, that puts them back up yeah. in the sixth. It's not so much the results, it's the performances that need improving. You get oh, the performances right, the I'm, results will eventually take care I'll of themselves. I'll take a Jose Mourinho S shut up shop and grind out a 1-0 win. Be careful what you wish for with saying about Jose Mourinho. Oh, I started to turn on him, are you? No, I'm just saying, be careful what you wish <laughs> for. A lot of people are not happy with him, but anyway... <laughs> The bustle is on its way to Emirates, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. All right. Um, yeah. Other A-League matches this weekend. Friday, Adelaide against Sydney FC. Cup final rematch. Yep. Uh, watch out, ball boys. Yeah, I think Adelaide just. I think Adelaide just might win this game for a bit of revenge. They've been playing really well, and they're at home. I think they're a good chance this weekend. Uh, Newcastle going to beat Melbourne City Saturday night. Adam? Yeah, I, ooh, yeah. I think they will. I think I think um, City are in a bit of trouble at the moment. It's not. It's to, for me. It's at the point now yeah. where it's going to be a bigger shock. Yeah. Bigger shock tipping against Newcastle. Yeah, dun, dun. I, I, they're really making me a believer at the moment. I think they're going well. The real question here is: Will Newcastle get the sort of crowd their football deserves? Because the last time I had a Saturday night primetime game, the weather derailed it. Hopefully, the weather's good and they get a really solid crowd down there. A Saturday night primetime game. Hopefully, and we've got uh, Sunday doubleheader: Wellington against Melbourne Victory in another shambles derby. And Central Coast hosting Perth with a rare away trip for them. Surely a victory get a result oh, in Wellington. It's a big Surely. game for them. Yeah, anything I, less than a win. Even, I know that the yeah. well, I know that they're not in good form. And Wellington's a tough place to go, but surely. That's right. And as for the other game, Mariners, Mariners. convincing, yeah. All right, so now we've got to get to our raw tips for the weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm going to lead us off taking a one-one draw. <laughs> Curse you. You can take a 1-1 draw as well if you want. You've taken it in four of the eight rounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working though, is it? No, it's no. really not. I'll go 2-1 to the Wanderers. Okay. Adam. I just can't see Brisbane winning 1-0 the game. Wanderers. Okay, so I'm the optimistic one this week. That's yeah. always a good sign. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, Scott, thank you. Yeah, good to see you again, James. James. Scott and all our listeners. Yep. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about a whole lot of stuff, including the World Cup draw and hopefully the Raw having a good showing down in ANZ Stadium. A better one than last week anyway. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you later.